answer your customers' questions efficiently with Brianna Anderson from Beast Analytics. Brought to you by Majestic, I'm David Bain and this is SEO in 2022. Brianna, what's your number one SEO tip for 2022? Focusing on answering your customers' questions efficiently. Okay, so what does that mean in practice? Um, How do you actually, I guess, decide on what the most important customer questions are to begin with? Well, that, that's a really good question. That's a great one to start with. So <laughs> you are able to, I mean, there's a lot of different ways to figure out what questions your audience is answering, right? We, we use a lot of different tools to do that. But honestly, the best way to figure out what your customers' questions are is to ask them. We kind of skip this step a lot and we think that it's not totally necessary, but there are a lot of ways to crowdsource what questions are our customers really wanting answered. Um, you know, you can do that on social media. You can ask on Twitter. Maybe you have a Facebook group. A lot of companies now have Facebook groups where they put a lot of their top uh, customers. And that's a great place to go in and ask, hey, what information can we give you that's actually going to be beneficial for you? And from an SEO perspective, is it important on how you actually phrase the question or phrase the way that you're writing the the heading and the the initial text, i.e. are you targeting keyword phrases within those um, answers to those questions or is it simply about uh, providing great UX and service to your customers? Right. I think that's something that we get caught up a lot in as SEOs is we're so focused on like, okay, so this is a question, but this is how Google is saying that people are looking it up. Uh, At the end of the day, our job as SEOs is to make sure that we are creating content that's good for buyers first and then the bots, right? So Mm -hmm. then we have Googlebot and, you know, all all of our other friends. Um, And so personally, I would say whatever question they tell you and they say, hey, my question is, how do I um, get my microphone to work on my computer, right? Instead of going to Google and saying, okay, well, how do people look this up? Well, your customer just told you how they ask the question. So I would have a little bit of faith in the customer. Um, obviously, you know, you're, you're going to track that over time, maybe do a little A-B testing. Um, but I always lean on, you know, using the customer's words whenever possible and then creating content that actually helps the customer. Again, you know, long gone are the days where we can just say, hey, this is the keyword and these are some similar keywords. We're going to throw all of that into a blog post and hope that it's helpful. Uh, We really, really need to focus on actually answering the questions that our customers have. In the past, it used to be popular for FEQ sections of websites just to be all one page. Um, All the questions on one page and maybe just a few line answers to each question. From an SEO perspective and I guess from a a usability perspective, is it better off to actually have uh, distinct URLs, distinct pages for each um, answer that you're going for? I would say it kind of depends on, you know, all of this goes back to answering questions efficiently, right? If you think it's going to be too convoluted or lost on the user if you put 
the answer to a question in the middle of a page. Uh, and then they're going to have to like scroll to find it. And it's going to get mixed up with this other information. Then that question needs to have its own page, maybe make a blog post for it and answer it using that blog post or a guide or something of that sort. Um, I would say, you know, FAQ pages get a little dicey, especially if they don't have like a search function or anything built into them. Um, so I, I tend to stay away from FAQ pages and try and build those FAQs into this pages that make the most sense for them. Okay. Okay. And um, are, are we aiming actually for these answers to be indexed by search engines? Is, is that the, the second reason for doing this or is it just solely for users? Right. I mean, yes, that is the secondary reason, right? We, we want to be indexed. And I think this is where we get into the part where we say answer customers' questions efficiently. So you have to think the goal of Google or any search engine is to get a searcher to their answer as quickly as possible and help them get on with their day, with their life. Um, and that's what people are doing. I mean, 80% of the time we're doing that Googling on our phone because we're on the go. We're trying to figure something out quickly. Um, and so if we answer questions efficiently, Google's going to see that. They're going to see that users come to our page, they get their answer, and they're able to move on with their day. And do you think it matters where this content um, resides? Does it matter, for instance, if Google takes the answer, just displays it on their SERP, and the user is satisfied and gets the answer there rather than actually visiting your website? Um, I, you know, obviously there are pros and cons to each. Um, I think what I'm really trying to encourage people to do is, is looking at the, um, the featured snippets that make the most sense or or the uh, rich features that make the most sense for sure. them, right? So if it's a how-to, you know, yeah, write the how-to article, but make sure you have a video in there because people are going to be looking at the video and that way you're still able to brand that, right? So if Google just put your video in front of people on uh, the search engine result page, you might not have the same branding power as you would if your URL was under there or what have you, but you're able to start building that relationship with the customer, if that makes sense. Okay, great. So uh, I'm a big fan of the book, They Ask You Answer by Marcus Sheridan. And uh, okay, see so you smiling there. So you obviously read that or, or aware of it. And um, he forms his whole content marketing strategy around answering questions um, from prospective customers as customers. Um, he creates videos and um, other long form content from doing this. Do you advocate um, this to be the basis potentially of your whole content marketing strategy? Oh, absolutely. You know, starting with that longer form piece of content, generally, I mean, this is the process that works for me and I've seen work for others, is starting with that long form piece of content, however you're comfortable creating it. Whether it's a video, you know, you and I sitting down and having a conversation, or if it's a blog post, something of that nature where you're able to just write it. So if I have this um, conversation with you, like we're having, you can take this video and then you can create tweets from, you know, quotes from the, the video. You can make shorter clips out of it. You can turn around and make a blog post out of it. You can make um, quote graphics. You know, there, there are so many opportunities. And remember, SEO is a piece of a puzzle and it kind of all goes together. So when you create those tweets that um, link to this video later on, we're still getting users to that video, whether it lives on our website or lives on YouTube. And um, all of that 
in turn can lead people to our website. So if you really think that process all the way through, at the end of the day, all of that's going to help your SEO. Yeah, video nowadays is obviously a massive chunk of what people consume online. So should we ideally be looking to create videos for every single one of these questions? Or uh, is there a better way of actually determining what answers should be video and what answers should be text? Uh, Does it depend on what platform, what um, medium we're comfortable with? How, How do we actually decide? Well, I look at the SERP. If you look at the search engine result page and Google is showing you, you know, a carousel of videos or even just one huge video and then the carousel underneath it, you know that Google has done the research. They've watched the query long enough to decide, hey, we should be throwing videos into this search engine result page. And that's a very good cue to say, hey, you need to create a video so that um, you're answering the questions efficiently. Because again, that's what Google is looking for. Um, So I would start by looking at the SERP. Now, if you don't get a ton of searches for a specific query, um, you know, maybe consider how easy is it to convey your message through written word. Um, Sometimes it is easier just to show people how to do something. And again, if it's not a very mature query, like there's not a ton of people looking it up or people haven't been looking it up very long, uh, you might just make that decision yourself and and make the video and hope for the best. I mean, the worst you're going to do is just create more content that you have to distribute. That's not a bad place to be. So is it a good thing then to have all this content in many different places exactly the same? Is is duplicate content an issue? Uh, Should the content, for instance, be published in social media, uh, perhaps even published through your chatbot as well, if you have one? Right. Uh, So, I mean... I would encourage people to um, have the content in multiple places, like share the content in multiple places. Um, I think you do need to have a home base, obviously. I mean, that's what our our websites are for a lot of us, and it really should be um, just because it's the only thing that you actually own. You know, YouTube could go away tomorrow. Google could go away. I mean, is it likely? No, but it could happen. Um, you know, so, so it is a good idea to have a home base that you actually own and to have all that content there. I don't worry so much about duplicate content as it comes to, or when it comes to videos. Um, because a lot of those videos, I mean, Facebook videos are being indexed and shown in the search engine result page. Is it happening as much as YouTube videos? No, because Google doesn't own Facebook, so they're not going to give them the same priority. Um, but with video, I don't, I don't worry about that as much. And really, I don't worry about, um, so for instance, you know, tweeting quotes from blogs, um, and then sending people to the blog post. I don't really worry about that as duplicate content either. Um, I think the big one that we see a lot, um, is medium. So Mm -hmm. people publishing a blog post and then going to medium and publishing the same blog post, Personally, I want to go that route. Um, I would say your best bet is probably, you know, making chunks. So maybe publish a guide on your website and then publish like a chunk of that on Medium. But even still, again, I, I, I veer on the side of having your home base and really focusing on that. Yeah, definitely. Or at least if you really want to do that, then maybe delaying it by a couple of weeks just to make sure that Google knows Absolutely. who the original publisher was. Yeah. Uh, What about any call to action? So if people are coming to your website multiple times to consume answers to questions, they're obviously 
interested in what you do. Um, is there a good general way to funnel people towards becoming a prospect, becoming a customer, or in general, uh, because they're just looking for the answer to a question, they're fairly passive and they're not looking to actively buy, so it may put them off to actively try to drive them down your funnel after that? Well, you referenced the Ask You Answer by Marcus Sheridan earlier, and he said, you know, I, I've seen him talk multiple times, and he tells this story about how the one of the first people to come into his shop after him creating all of that content visited almost 100 pages before they walked in, and then they walked in and yeah. they were ready to buy. They had all the information they needed to to have, right? To make the decision. They knew exactly what they wanted and how much it was going to cost and all that. So I think, you know, obviously it's going to build, the idea is you want to show up as an authority and you want to build trust with your audience. So yes, the next step eventually is to try and get them um, closer to the funnel. I do think, you know, one of the best ways to do this is to have the related articles, um, underneath the the original blog post some people even test it above the blog post i'm not so sure how i love that but you know to each their own it's something to test everybody's site performs differently um but but once you do that you know you're kind of pushing them down the funnel with with every article um call to actions should naturally be within your article um without being salesy they don't have to be salesy um but i do say yeah, you definitely want to have those call to actions in there. A cool way to do it is, um, I mean, it's getting a little bit harder now with all the privacy and, and cookie lists and all that kind of fun stuff. But um, a cool way to do it is to have, you know, maybe a chat bot or something on your site that as they see people return, you know, can ping and say, hey, um, welcome back. You know, if there's anything you need, get in contact with sales here or you can talk to so-and-so now they're online. So what about if an SEO kind of wants to do this, but um, their boss says, why do you want to be targeting these keyword phrases when there's no volume there or there's hardly any volume there? Shouldn't be targeting these keyword phrases that get a thousand searches per month. Wouldn't that be a better use of your time? Well, I would say it's definitely quality over quantity and looking at, you know, what are the, the not, yeah, quick wins, right? So the people that are asking this question that only gets 30, 40, 50 searches a month, are they really qualified to buy? And a lot of times those longer tail keywords, we know this, those people are more interested or are closer to the buying um, stage than those that are just looking up a, a keyword that's looked up a thousand or tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of times a month. Um, so I would say, you know, you really have to look at the intent of each keyword as well. Okay. Great thoughts. So you've convinced many people listening, reading that um, this is something that they need to do. What's something, perhaps they're very busy and they're, they're struggling for time. So what's something that they will have been doing for the last five years or so that is probably not as effective now as it used to be? They should stop doing straight away in order to spend more time focusing on, on, this, on the quality questions that you suggest. Well, at the time of this recording, uh, we are watching, we are seeing Google rewrite title tags. Um, and we know that they rewrite meta descriptions a lot as well. Um, so I would encourage people to really lean into automation in places where it doesn't not matter quite as much, but 
places that take up a lot of time. So handwriting title tags and handwriting meta descriptions, very um, particular for each page can be very time consuming. So I would say, you know, find a structure that works for your website um, and let that do the bulk of your work. Let that automation do the bulk of your work. Uh, you know, go in and check and you know, kind of scan, make sure everything's looking good. Um, but for those title tags and meta descriptions, especially if Google's going to continue and change those in the future, I would say let automation do that and, and free up all the time that you've been spending working on those. Great advice. Um, stop spending your time on repetitive uh, tasks that, that can be automated and focus on creativity because um, that's one skill that the machines haven't taken over quite yet. Uh, Absolutely. <laughs> wonderful stuff. You can find uh, Brianna Anderson over at beastanalyticsco.com. Brianna, thanks so much for being part of SEO in 2022. Thanks so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Check out the rest of the content from SEO in 2022 over at seoin2022.com. Mm-hmm.